Welcome to Slices of Life, the podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. When we were young, proximity made making friends easy. When we became a grown-up, things changed. We had more responsibilities, less time, and less opportunity to meet others. Making new friends doesn't have to be hard. However, it will take some effort on your part. Today, we're here to encourage you and equip you to find your squad. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. We'd like to know, what is the one thing you look for in a friend? So I'm looking for, I think I'm looking for people that are authentic and that people that I can be authentic with. I feel like everything is like so, there's, you know, there's the social media and this image of ourselves and, and this idea that we can't be vulnerable. And I miss having someone that I can just be no makeup and no like makeup in the spiritual sense or like trying to have it all put together and that I can just be myself and know that I can be accepted, but at the same time, know that they would put me in my place. And I think that's hard to find. I think people are always scared to, to tell you like, um, even like a little example, like I'm from Brazil and I make a lot of mistakes when like with words and people sometimes they don't correct me because like it's uncomfortable and I'm vulnerable, you know, because it's like something I'm, I'm making a mistake. But like even in life, like if I'm doing something wrong, I would love to have a friend that I can be authentic and they can be authentic. Say, Charisma, that's just that's just wrong. Like just get it together. So I think that's what I'm looking for. Hi there, Life Coach Carrie Bailey here. And when I am looking for friendship. I look for curiosity and not only curiosity just in scripture, but curiosity for just adventures, curiosity in who I am as a person so that it wouldn't always be about them, but willing to ask me hard questions, um, discover new things, adventure out uh, in either where we live or other places, um, curious about our family and how our families can connect together. So one thing I look for in my friendships is curiosity. It wasn't long ago that I found myself friendless. And I've probably shared this story many times before, but when I had my oldest child, I stopped working and I moved to the suburbs. And at first I was so busy with all the things that I was doing being a mom. You know, I found myself without a set of go-to friends. I didn't have anybody that I could call up at the last minute to do something with. I didn't have um, the support system I needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, it was, you know, pretty clear cut. I had actually moved actually only 12 miles from where I used to live, but it was worlds away and I no longer had friends. And so I, for a long time, um, had, had a pity party about it, many pity parties about it. And eventually I started to learn some new things about friendship and intentional relationships. And Mm. so whether you're looking for a go-to set of friends or whether you're just looking to be more a part of what's happening in your community, um, some of the things we're going to share with you today will help you get there. Yeah. Well, I, the first thing I wanted to say, I think this is important to say it, is that when we think of the term 
squad, like your squad, your friendship group, your ride and die friends, um, even your tribe. Um, I think we have this picture in our mind that it's supposed to look like the friendships that we see on television. Okay. Those like sex in the city friends, um, the friends on friends, uh, you know, I'm talking about, we kind of have this picture that these are women that gather together every week with their, you know, mimosas in one hand and their messy top buns and their yoga pants. And every week they are like supporting (laughs) each other. And that's what we want. But Mm. that's not exactly um, reality. (laughs) And so I think when we don't have that, we're like, we're totally failing in the friendship department. And that's just Mm. not true Mm -hmm. at all. So I want to just kind of put that out there, that our group of friends is going to look different than television. And it's also going to look different than maybe what we see happening around us. So the first thing I will say is your friendship group that you have in your life may make up a lot of different women. It may not just be the same five people uh, who are friends with each other and you. They just may be friends with you. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. So it could be this friend from you know church or a friend from the bus stop or a friend in your writer's group. And that makes up your squad, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that you all do the same, have a, a common interest. Right. So that's number one. And also I think your friends should reve- reflect your values. I think sometimes we we mm. are friends with people um, because they were in our life at some point and or they just are in close proximity with each other, but maybe they're not necessarily helping us grow as people. And I think that's really important as we get older that we choose friends intentionally and we choose to cultivate friendship that's going to help us become better people. The point is we do need to choose to have friends in our life that are going to make us stronger and make us help us reach our goals. And I think we do have a lot of, there's a, well, I'll I'll share this. There was a science, a science experiment done many, many years ago where they talked about default friendships, okay? Mm-hmm. And the term they used was flabby friends, which I don't really like. But anyways, <laughs> it was flabby friends. It was a man that was running the science experiment. So that gives you an, a, a, a point of reference. Mm-hmm. But there were these friends who people just kind of knew and were in their life but didn't necessarily bring any kind of specific value to their life. Um, and what they found was that when these people talked to their quote unquote flabby friends or default friends, they had a higher blood pressure. They were much more like anxious. They were much Mm. more like unsure of where they stood Hmm. more so than when they talked to friends that maybe were more critical or much more blunt with them about their life or were talking about deeper things. And that really goes to show that our friendships you know, they need to add value to our world and we need to be able to add value to their world. So a squad is important. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be thought out, just kind of waiting for it to be organic. It's not going to happen. It's and, And if it does happen, it may not be healthy. So that is, that's what I think a good healthy squad squad is, is it's supporting you in your growth as a person, and then in turn, you're doing the same for those people. Your squad, we didn't use that term when we were in school, but yeah. my squad that I had in high school 
that whole idea of friendship and how we interacted with one another and what we gave to each other's life is so different than what it's like when you're a grown up. And I, yeah. for me, my struggle was always looking back to that group and wishing that I had that again. And what I didn't realize is it's not, it's not going to be like that. It can't. Our lives don't allow it to be like that. We have responsibilities that are different. I mean, you can yeah. have a go-to set of friends, but guess what? Like, I may not be able to get together every, you know, Friday, Saturday night because I have kids and sports and I have a husband to, to consider. Like, what are his plans? Does he want to see his friends? Did he have something else in mind for us? There's just so many moving parts. And so, you know, I think the first step in finding your squad is changing your expectation of what that squad's supposed to look like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. It took me a long time to figure out that one mom didn't fit all. Yeah. So... I was busy looking for a BFF that would be everything that would have exactly Mm, the same interests mm -hmm. as me, you know, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if like when we were in high school and if we're in college, were we still trying to figure each other out ourselves out? So we didn't know what we liked and we just did everything with everybody all the time because that's just what you did. And then maybe as we get older, we start to have very distinct interests And then you introduce this idea of you have um, a finite amount of time to actually spend doing those things. You start to get a little bit more picky Mm -hmm. in particular about what you're doing with who and what. And Mm -hmm. I really felt like when I had an idea and I thought of a really fun thing to do and I presented it to somebody and they couldn't do it, I often took that as rejection for Mm -hmm. a long time. But now I've realized, hey, that just might not be their thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that what you said, Kimberly, is really important about how friendship changes. I mean, when we are kids, and even through high, uh, through college, part of what we're about is developing relationships. Um, and there's sort of a luxury of figuring out, you know, who you like and, and who likes you. And, and as you say, moving as a group, I, I never was a one best friend kind of gal. I usually had a couple, um, but I always had, I'd say I always had somebody very special and I'm still friends. I'm thinking of my friend, Mary Ellen, who I went, you know, through high school with and my friend, Anne Marie, who I went through college with. And they're still two two good friends of mine who I love. Um, but also as you're talking about the, the, economy of time. I mean, time and other people, you've got all these people in your life that exist, uh, you know, as you say, like a family and an extended family even. And then you've got this whole other need for friendship. Um, and I feel like when you were describing, you know, having that one friend to meet all your needs, it's almost like the way we sometimes view our husbands. We want that one man, um, to, to fit all those needs too the friend needs, the husband needs, the, the boyfriend needs, the honeydew needs, you know, all that stuff. And it's the same thing with friendships and one does not fit all. And I think as we mature, um, just as you were saying, Noel, we do sort of, you know, maybe choose somebody who shares the same faith that we share or, right. um, has an interest in writing, you know, those kinds of topical connections, um, tend to, I don't know, kind of rule the day a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that it's okay for your squad to change with your season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the people I ran with before I had kids, different 
they're just different yeah. than who I run with now for very practical reasons because some of us live in different states. You know, we've mm-hmm. moved, we've moved. Um, the people that I spent a lot of time with when my kids were babies, again, just they're just different. And I think what mm-hmm. happens is when the season changes, the friendship sometimes says too, and we can feel like something terrible has happened. Yes. Um, And we could feel like uh, betrayed or abandoned, but really there's just been a change. And if you can honor that friendship or that squad for what it was in that time, it's much easier to be open to the new stuff that's coming down, Mm -hmm. you know, in your life, in your new season. So even the people that I spend a lot of time with now, the people that I'm regularly talking about you know, my children too, they're, they're my, my bus stop besties that I see twice a day, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, those are my people. But when we're all in high school or my kids are in high school, we're not going to have that bus stop anymore. Right. It's going to change. Right. Mm. That's so true. I remember hearing a sermon about how we'll probably find ourselves, well, uh, having more Christian friends, for example, and I hated that idea. I thought, oh my gosh, how awful. I don't want to lose all these friends who just don't have happen to have that same belief that I have. I love all these people. And there were lots of them that just didn't, you know, I had had that sort of um, recommitment to Christ time and it was very exciting and dynamic, but it didn't include all my friends. And I, I just thought, oh gosh, that's going to be terrible. But what I realized is, this is an unfolding situation. It's not like I had to drop all my old friends and pick up only new Christian friends where everybody had to be centered around my church. Right. Um, it, 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 it sort of, it was like, okay, I get it. Especially now, let's say 20, uh, 25 years later. Yes. A lot of my friends happen to not happen to be are Christians. Why? Because that's a really important value to me, but I have plenty of other friends too. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel sort of like friends as you get older can, um, help you to have more of a breath and help you to, um, have less of a sort of circumstantial convenience bus stop relationship. And they have a little staying power that's sort of almost mysterious. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying anything that makes any sense at all. No, you're making sense. And, And you bring up a very important point that I think, is is very crucial in in figuring out who your what your squad consists of is values, and I know I just actually had a conversation recently with a friend who was at a um, back to school kind of breakfast get together sort of thing, and she was with a bunch of you know um, moms and they were talking and she realized in the middle of it that. that these particular women did not have her values, not like they were, they were bad or anything like that, Mm -hmm, but the way mm -hmm. that they thought on things was very different, very, very different. And she started to feel really, really bad and that she didn't have anywhere to fit and was kind of talking to me a little bit about it. Um, and she felt she, it actually, yeah, it just made her feel like maybe she was crazy, not in a, that didn't sound right, but you know what I mean? Like, like what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's that wrong I'm not with fitting me? in here? Yeah. And I, and I was able to just to say, Hey, you just have different values. This may not be the people that you will confide in, in certain mm-hmm. areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be fun people to have breakfast with and hang with, but they not, may not be the people that you may ask advice for in parenting or your marriage. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. But you should be intentional about 
cultivating friendships that you can do that with. Yeah. And sometimes I think we just settle for what is convenient mm-hmm. and we're constantly frustrated. Mm-hmm. We need to actually be proactive and say, okay, well, this group may not reflect my value. So I need to go and find people that do so that I can grow and, and cultivate the kind of life that I really desire to have. Yeah. I think the, the, the important thing about finding your squad is to know what you're looking for and go for it. So, you know, there, there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, I want to work out front. So let me Mm -hmm. keep my ears open for who wants to work out and who's looking for a partner and who wants to run with. And then there's going to be, like you said, you know, I, I need a group of moms that I can confide in, that I can pray with, or that I can talk to about the things that I need help working through. And I want that to be someone who has similar values than me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing what you're looking for and, and, and actually look for it and actually do the work to find out where those matches are that line up. You know, if you're looking for, um, someone to help you with your writing and, you know, like I have friends that I can talk to about writing, but that doesn't mean that I'm going out with them on the weekends or that doesn't mean that, you know, that like when you have something that's very specific, I have someone in my life that can push me on in my writing. It doesn't mean that they have to, um, be the one I confide in. Sometimes on other areas. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so there's nothing wrong with in looking for what you need and, and coming alongside those people and developing we, a relationship with them. Yeah. I think about, um, again, some of these groups that I've been a part of for many years, the, the Friday Faith Group, for example, which we used to call Tape Group, um, has been a group for 20 years. And there's been a lot of flow coming and going. We've certainly had Um, you know, people who really just stayed for like maybe one particular study that we were doing or listening to, you know, the kind of back in the day, it was, um, Beth Moore tapes and, um, Joyce Meyer tapes, hence the name tape club. But, you know, some people were just looking for a little bit of it and others of us really have been there for 20 years. And interestingly, there are certainly some friendships that go beyond that sacred space in the basement for two hours for 20 years, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot that don't. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, that's where we come together to do that particular kind of study. Um, there is great depth of confiding, honestly, um, probably because it's in the atmosphere of prayer, which I consider to be one of the most intimate things. Yeah. And I certainly trust those women, but we're not going out on weekends together. And we're not meeting for coffee otherwise and all that kind of stuff. It's very interesting um, because, again, the, the relationships are deep. Um, they're very authentic and they're very uh, transparent. But we're not besties outside of the room in a lot of cases. Well, I, I would like to just offer this advice, and that is the first person that you should look for to be part of your squad is someone that you can pray with. Before anybody else, it needs to be someone that you can share your your prayer requests with and in turn offer prayer for them. I think that's that's really important. If you are a person of faith and someone who loves Jesus and believes in the power of prayer, that's the first kind of friendship that you look for. Mm-hmm. And if if you feel like you can't find that because you're in a specific situation or season of life, really ask the Lord. And I I promise you, he will give that to you. Mm -hmm. It is his desire that we have friends 
who come along, who come alongside of us and encourage us in our relationship with him. And there's several examples of that in the Lord. But the first one that comes to my mind is the relationship that Elizabeth and Mary had. I mean, they both were experiencing supernatural miracles in their own lives. I mean, both of them were, were carrying babies that, uh, were, were totally because of God, you know, right. And we're about to be a part of something that was much bigger than themselves. And they found each other and were incredibly encouraging to each other and spoke blessing and praise the Lord. I just feel like as women who have faith, we need that. That mm-hmm. is the first friend that we need to look for before someone that you can have coffee with or somebody that you can, I don't know, knit with, whatever your thing is. You need someone that you can call up and say, pray for me about this. Mm-hmm. It's important. You need that. There's That's not even, that's a non-negotiable in, in the squad, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, it, it's funny. I, I think I've shared this before, but when I moved from Hoboken to Montclair, so I moved from like a city environment to more of a suburb, I kind of, and, and the suburb was my old home. I kind of expected things to happen very quickly that I'd meet all these people. I don't know where I thought I was going to meet them because frankly, I would step outside my door and, you know, grab a stroller and walk my kids and nobody else on my block was doing that. It was like, I was a freak. And I began to pray, Noel, just like what you said. I really was like, Lord, I feel like I'm in a foreign country. I don't know how to find my peeps. So, um, the Lord did answer that prayer. Uh, it took a little time, but, um, he really did. And that was really how I became involved in moms and prayer. That was his answer, which was wow. a pretty amazing, big answer. Mm-hmm. But, um, that those women really did become, um, my very good friends. And again, even that, uh, all these years of praying in moms and prayer groups, with people that I've been praying with for 25 years or, you know, around there still necessarily are not, I'm not necessarily seeing all of them outside of that group. It's just a sacred place for that. So it's, it's interesting because definitely different relationships feed us and hopefully we feed others in those relationships Mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the ways I know this kind of sounds silly, um, but one of the ways to find your squad or to find your people is to kind of do like dating, like approach it like you would dating. I mean, I started to go down a list, an imaginary list. I did not have a list of moms written down (laughs) in my bullet journal. Um, but I started to think of all the people that I thought I wanted a relationship with and I found somehow some way to connect with them. And so, um, I definitely think when my babies were little, just like you said, I was kind of in the house and I kind of didn't have an avenue to meet people. But certainly once my kids got into school, I could then start going up to other people and saying, Hey, do you want to meet in the park? Or, Hey, do you want to come over for lunch? And that first year that my daughter was in school, I did a lot of that and it was scary and I hated every second of it, but I At that time, I did go down a list, but it was for the sake of my daughter to try to go through the process of finding people I'd want to hang out with and finding Mm -hmm. people that I'd want to be with. And, you know, the interesting thing was one of the moms I had over her house, my house for lunch and her son and my daughter were playing. They were both in the same pre-K class. So they were only four. And she's like, and she had an older child who was actually in college. And she had said to me, you know, no one's ever done this before. And I'm like, what? She's like, no one's ever invited me over their house that didn't already know me. 
Mm. And she had an older child and she'd been there, done that with the school system, put her, you know, she'd, mm. you know, mm-hmm. she'd kind of been through this whole mommy friend thing. And I, I just thought that was surprising because my response to her was, well, how do you get to know anybody? And yeah. so not to be scared of like asking people out. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. It's, you know? it's awesome. It's awesome that, I mean, I would have to say I am one of those people who, um, even, even maybe even today would wait for somebody to ask me. Mm, yeah. I, I would not have the, the confidence, the boldness to say, Hey, you want to come to my house for lunch? Um, I think that's awesome that you did that. Yeah. I did not do that. I kind of, you know, looked desperately into the eyes of other moms <laughs> who were picking up their, their pre-Kers, hoping that there was a little glimpse of, yes, I would say yes, if we, yeah. if we decide to have a, a mom's group. That was, and that was my first introduction to some friends. It was yeah. definitely, you know, a, um, a pre-K kind of situation. We were all kind of, um, I think a few of us were even pregnant and, um, we, Somebody said, hey, do you want to come over for coffee? And three or four of us went over and we started a little mom's group. And that really changed my tide, thank God, because I really was really lonely. So, Well, no one was asking me. So I decided Mm. to ask Good for you. you It's asking anybody else either. And and I would say that's a really important thing to remember, Mm. that you're stepping out in faith and what could stop you would be the lie that everybody else is already doing this. Yeah. yeah. And they're not. I mean, they're I not. There, there's, there's maybe a small, small percentage of people who have found their core group and they probably knew each other from somewhere else or there's probably yeah. some very strong connection between them that yeah. makes it possible. Yeah. Maybe their husbands are related or I, it could be any random yeah, thing. A lot, of, a lot of like little things line up. Um, I know a group of people that literally raised their kids together and the way it started was... They, somebody came up with the great idea of going on vacation together as families. And I think it's literally like 10 families Mm -hmm. and they are now all, you know, well into their twenties and those relationships linger and the, and the parents, quote, Mm -hmm. parents are still involved as friends. So, but that is an unusual circumstance. It's, it's wonderful. It's awesome. And it also, I mean, you know, that situation relies, think about how many things that relies on. You have to be sort of not totally tied into your family of origin, meaning like my Mm. sisters would take up that space or you have to have the money to Mm -hmm. go and travel to these fabulous places. Um, you know, a a few different factors. Well, you know, I'm in a new neighborhood and my husband's the mayor. He walks the street and just like says hello. And literally (laughs) I feel like he picks people off the street and says, do you want to come see my new patio? (laughs) I would, Never do that. But I'm here a year and I feel like, but I'd like to know my neighbors. And I've thought about the idea of like just saying, hey, come on over to my backyard and um, come have a glass of wine or have some wine and cheese or whatever. And I really hesitate to do that. And I think both you, Kimberly Michi, and you, Noelle, would do that. Well, I think too, though, the other flip side of that is if you are invited to something, say yes. Mm, and good. try it. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first moved here to uh, move back to the States and I now live in a lake community. I was very new. I was the lonely mom in the school parking lot kind of thing. 
And my friend Allison said, hey, the PTA is doing this like paint, painting and drink wine fundraiser. I don't know. And she's like, do you want to come with me? And to be honest with you, my, my first initial reaction was like insecurity. I'm thinking, oh, go with her, and I don't know anybody, and she probably knows everybody, and I don't know what this painting and drinking wine thing is, and I don't know, and it's the night, and like I, you know, my first initial reaction was like to make it up excuses as right, to why not right. to go because yes. I was feeling insecure and I yep. didn't want to feel uncomfortable. But then I was like, you know what, I need to make friends, so yeah, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And we had the best time. We just had so much fun. She was so friendly, so personable. She really went out of her way to make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And she introduced me to the people that she knew. And, you know, Alice and I are good friends, you know? That's really so nice. I love that. I think you have to say yes. Yeah. Get over true. yourself and say yes and, and risk being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, as you were talking about that, um, I was thinking of last year they kind of organized this mom's night out movie with the school where they like rented a theater and you, you know, you pay ahead of time and we go watch a movie together. And I was excited about going because I wanted to see the movie, but I was like, oh, I don't want to walk in by myself. And then then who am I going to sit with? And then there's that whole thing of like trying to find who to sit with. And that's always awkward. And even though I know a lot of people, who do I choose? And they might already be there with other friends, you know, all the stuff that goes through your mind. Oh, yeah. And you know what I did? I started texting people and saying, hey, you know, do you want to drive over with me? Like, instead of waiting for somebody to, like we mentioned earlier, instead of waiting for somebody to include me and drive me and hope that somebody wants to go with me, I said, hey, how can I serve you? Hey, do you want me to pick you up so you don't have to drive? And so I, like, again, scary. This doesn't come easy to me. I think those are the things you have to do because the the next time I think the woman that I drove, the next time we went to the movie, she's like, you want to carpool again? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's not right. like it became BFFs in between the first movie and the second movie. It's just that she was like, oh, yeah, let me see if Let's she's go going. Again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's those well, little things. Yes. I think that's really important. It's And again, it's a step out in faith, a step in courage. Um, but the reality is, I think most people have difficulty walking into a room alone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, just as you, so you could have said, well, I'm just going to hope that somebody will call me or I'll walk into that room and, and somehow I'll be okay. Or not but go. Instead, but yeah. instead, or not even go, but instead, you know, you blessed that other person by saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking of going to this thing. Do you want to come with me? I mean, how does that make you feel when somebody does that for you? Awesome. Exactly. Well, I'll let you know when it happens. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's something that i have figured out over this last year as i've been studying friendship even jesus had to make friends Mm -hmm. even jesus saw james and john in the boat and said come and follow me come be part of my life and i just feel like if jesus had to make friends and you know make the first move then i think we should too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. love it yeah it's true 
And it goes to another point that I want to make to consider the relationships that you have. You know, I spent a lot of time looking at other people. Like I would see groups and be like, why am I not in their group? And I was not paying enough attention to the people that were already in my life. And I started to look at who I was already friends with, or I should say acquaintances with, and how can I deepen those relationships? Because they're right in front of me and they're waiting to be cultivated. And once I was able to recognize... um, that that I was, I don't know, I was a better friend because I was willing to do the work sure. to deepen something rather right. than just bounce from group to group hoping someone mm-hmm. accepts me. Mm-hmm. Hoping something clicks magically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's an, another really good point, um, Kimberly. And I think that's sort of, you know, we have these groups of friends. And again, I'm going to go to my Friday group. Um, it's a group. So you, it's, it's easy to think of us as a group and, and kind of keep it in its place. Um, but recently I had breakfast one, with one of the people in the group who I've known for many, many years. And we had such a nice time on that one-on-one. And that is something I think is a really critical component of getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. The group thing is fun, but if you really want to go deeper, um, and I do, I tend to want a deeper, you know, I'm, I'm not really into chatty relationships, although I can chat with the best of them, God knows, but I do like depth and the way to build that depth is I think just what you're saying, what are the relationships that I have and how can I cultivate them to be a little bit deeper? Um, we've already got a foundation. Let's, let's kind of go the next step. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an awesome thing to do. Yeah. You know, once you go deeper into those relationships, then you can value them for what they are, but then you can also not put pressure on them to be something they're not. And, um, I can think of certain friends and I think we've already mentioned this. Um, they happen to fit into a certain part of our life. I think there's nothing wrong with opening them up to maybe seeing if, if you can get to know them in other ways, Mm -hmm. but when you find that that's not the case, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, because you don't want to ruin a friendship because you're expecting that woman in your book club to also want to take yoga with you. Like, maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not our thing. Well, so, like, don't discount her and be like, well, she's not, she's not for me because we only have one or two things in common. I was thinking about this recently. My, I, so I have a child with special needs. And I can get very offended if my friends don't um, ask me how the IEP meeting goes, right? So for those of you who don't know, it's like a, it's a meeting you have with the teachers and, and the child study team. And it's pretty intense. And I could be like, well, why aren't my friends asking me about it? You know, but I have friends who have children with special needs and guess what? They always ask me about it. Yeah. They always mm-hmm. call me before and after. Why? Because that's where we connect. Yeah. But if yeah. I put pressure on my friends where that's not where we connect, mm. I can, well, I will always be offended. Yeah. If I so let right. it go yeah. so, so and true. I say, Oh look, God has given me these people, these wonderful women who understand what I'm going through. And look, they always reach out to me. Then I can, I, I can value my other friendships for what they bring to the so table. So true, Noel. That is a really, really important point. I love the way you put it regarding the IEP. You know, not everybody understands it. Not everybody knows about that, right. but but you've been sent enough people to be able to talk about that and go deeper into that topic. 
Um, and that's enough. I think yeah. we can get, and I'll speak for myself again here too, like greedy emotionally. Yeah. To, to, I just too much need for everybody to understand. And it's like, no, you've been given a few people who keep saying, how's it going? I've been thinking of you. A text every once in a while, whatever it is. And, um, and that's a blessing. Yeah. So, well, they, so they get it and they speak your language in that particular area. Yeah. And you, you need to appreciate that. Yeah. You know, on Wednesday, um, it was the first day of school for us. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people were like, how did the kids do? But my friends with children with special needs were like, how did he do? And I, it meant mm-hmm. something different to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. even for me to be able to come and alongside yeah, and for me to come alongside of them, right. and some right. of them had new schools they were trying out, I could really be like, how did it go? I was thinking about you. And we were able to really connect and be there for each other and support each other, which is what your squad is supposed to do. Right. And I value that in them. But then I have other friends who are who that's just not how it is, and it's yeah. okay. They yes. bring something else to my life that's yes. beautiful yes. and important. And I can let everybody else go. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yes, mm-hmm. you can unhook them from that expectation. You know that the the concept of the one friend squad is just it's not. If if it happens for anybody, um, it's it's very rare. I would even venture to say I don't believe it's healthy. Okay. I don't believe that one friendship group is is always healthy because if something happens. If there's a break, hmm. if there's some sort That's of conflict, point. you can easily fall into despair and it's very, very easy to feel lonely. Um, just from the stuff that I've Wait. studied, I really do feel like, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but diversify your friendships, <laughs> you know, be okay with having several different groups of people that you connect with for different reasons. If you make it all these four people who are your everything, if there is a conflict in that group, if there's something going on there, a brokenness, you will feel isolated and lonely. But mm-hmm. if you have several different groups that you are doing the work in, that you are part of, you're giving life to, and they're giving life to you, when this one group may be going through something, you have other people that can walk with you. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see a lot with particularly um, people who are coming out of college. They tend to, to have one group, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. That was kind of the norm. And then they come out of college and something may happen in that group. They may all start getting disconnected because they've moved or life has changed. Somebody and they has feel, a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they feel completely isolated. They, they feel completely alone. They feel like nobody likes them. And it's because they've put all their eggs in that basket. All their friendship was happening in that one group. And as you grow up, you've got to learn to expand that and have several different groups of people and several different communities that you're a part of. I think that's that's a much more healthier way to go. I think you'll find yourself um, always connected to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, in, if you're in these relationships and you found people that you love to hang out with or that you connect together over something that you have in common, you do have to find ways to see them and get together with them on a regular, consistent basis. So it could be monthly. It could be weekly. So for example, um, 
you know, we had mentioned before times of transition. So when I knew that my kids were switching from one school to another, I knew that the moms that I saw every day in pickup, I would no longer see. So I had to decide which of those friendships Mm -hmm. do I think are going to go the long haul. And now I went into that next year knowing that if I wanted to still be friends with that person, I need to intentionally find a reason to connect with them, whether it's join a class with them, whether it's volunteer on a committee with them, or just, you know, put it on my calendar to ask them out for coffee every other week. The, the, the whole idea of consistency and intention, um, I think is really important in order to, to really, um, deepen those relationships, but also give it the strength it needs to, to weather ups and downs of your life. Absolutely. You know, I'm at the point in my friendship journey where I'm having a lot of fun connecting different friend groups, which Mm -hmm. I've spent the time to cultivate relationships. And now I'm starting to say, oh, I think this couple would really enjoy this other couple because they do have something in common. You know, I just think it's fun. I think it's a way to serve others who may be feeling lonely that aren't doing the work that they could do to cultivate relationships and because they just don't know who's uh, who's in the community that they might, you know, want to be friends with. Well, I love that too, because I think there, again, people can be very insular in their groups mm-hmm. and you're sort of like that, you know, I've got my group, we're good, we're cruising, I'm enjoying this and forget to invite those other people in. So I think that's an awesome um, thing that you're doing and, mm-hmm. and, and a great opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know. I know. Well, I think that's it for today. So Elise, what do you have as a coaching challenge for us? Oh boy. I'm going to ask people to step out of their comfort zone and, um, think about a person who they've had a little curiosity about and take the next step in the relationship, um, and make some kind of, a an arrangement to get together on a different level, have a cup of coffee, um, invite them to some kind of event that's happening. There's lots of school things going on. Um, yeah, something that you guys both experienced, Kimberly, you asked the friend in and Noel, you were asked into that painting party. So I'm asking our listeners, invite somebody in, uh, to your, to your next level of friendship and be intentional about it. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Everything we talked about today, plus where you can find our co-hosts, can be found in the show notes. You can now find us online at slicesoflifepodcast.com and on social media at slicesoflifepod. We'd love for you to head over to our newly designed site and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get the show notes, resources, additional content, and bonus episodes delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to us in iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.